0: oral questions by members
1: leader of the official opposition
2: thank you uh, mr speaker mr speaker yesterday the ndp defended the catch and release program of the former attorney general by claiming it was futile to do their basic job of arresting criminals and prosecuting them and the results of this soft on crime approach are evident to anybody that's paying attention a woman followed into her apartment, thrown on the ground and assaulted. A hatchet attack on SkyTrain. A baby in a stroller attacked with a glass bottle. A woman slashed in the neck with a machete. A near-fatal stabbing of a food delivery worker. The list is endless, and the NDP are completely detached from the reality of what's taking place in communities right across this province. The attorney, this Attorney General has even dismissed the stories of these victims as, and I quote, anecdotal rhetoric. End of quote. That is shameful. Will this government admit that the catch and release program of the former Attorney General is a failure and direct Crown Counsel prosecutors to request the detention of prolific offenders who are terrorizing our communities?
1: Attorney General. Thank you.
3: I wholeheartedly agree with the leader of the opposition. People deserve to feel safe. British Columbians, Mr. Speaker, British Columbians share the frustration that this, the member uh, adverts to, but, Mr. Speaker. His own colleague has pointed out what I believe I had said, that it is futile to just charge people. In fact, the member for Surrey South, herself a police officer, said this on August 31st, we cannot arrest our way out of these problems. And Mr. Speaker, she's right. The opposition leader is out of step with with the experts, with even with the police, and even with his own uh, new colleague, Mr. Speaker. They have ignored the evidence and dismissed it of the expert report by a former uh, uh, Vancouver police chief, Lapard, and Dr. Amanda Butler, who had many recommendations, many of which we, three of which we've already accepted and are implementing, and others, of course, that we are looking at closely. The former government dismantled the social and health supports that experts have told us we need to have in place to keep our communities safe just one of those examples was the very successful repeat offender management pilot project that was shown to reduce reoffending by 40% in its first year Members, mr speaker The opposition leader does a disservice to the complexity of these issues that communities are facing caused by the the effects of the pandemic, federal legislation which they don't want to talk about and the fact that we have a lot to do with local governments and community service agencies to step up and do this in partnership. The Prosecution Service is doing its job, it's one part of the criminal justice system, and we will make sure that that is a robust response, an enforcement response, but we are going to, Mr. Speaker, work to be tough on crime as well as tough on the causes of crime. (laughs)
1: Leader of the Official Opposition, Supplemental.
2: Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Where do I even begin? Well, why don't I begin with the co-chair of the report that the member goes on about, who loves to post tweets, for example—this is Amanda Butler I'm referring to—like, defund the police. Well, that tells you what you need to know about the kind of advice this Attorney-General, the former Attorney-General, wants to take when it comes to reforming the crisis that's taken place in every community in this province. The Attorney General continues to ignore the devastating impact this increase in violent crime is having on innocent victims. And it's not just him. NDP MLAs refuse to stand up for their constituents and denounce the Attorney General's catch-and-release system. The Minister of State for Trade says nothing about the lawlessness, graffiti, and unprovoked stabbings that are taking place in our once-beautiful Chinatown. The Minister for Mental Health and Addictions is silent about the random murders taking place in local coffee shops in the local park. And the MLA for Vancouver Falls Creek refuses to speak up about the total disorder and chaos in Yaletown, where only recently a young man was stabbed to death by a random stranger. People are literally living in fear of going out in their communities across this province as a result of five years of the worst Attorney-General we've had in the history of this province, who now wants to be the next Premier, who now wants to be promoted to be the next Premier when he should have been fired as the Attorney-General. So my question to this government is when are they going to scrap the former Attorney-General's catch-and-release program and keep violent, prolific offenders off our streets?
1: Minister, Minister of Public Safety and Minister...
4: Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and uh, I uh, appreciate the uh, the member's uh, question. Uh, but what I also want to know is is the fact that this member seems to think the solution to the challenges that communities face around violent crime is done by sloganeering. It's not, it's done by a government taking action on these issues, on every single facet that's involved.
1: Members. Members. Members, you're wasting time.
4: Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Let's start with their record.
1: Members, Let's start
4: with their record, and we'll build to what's happening today, which is action by this government. Let's start with this record. new member from Surrey used to be a police officer. There was a time in this province, uh, you would think as a police officer, that uh, only the cops should get body armour not the bad guys. Well, when we sat on that side of the house and introduced a private member's bill to regulate body order, to keep it out of the hands of the uh, the thugs and the criminals, guess what? They mocked that and shot it down, honorable speaker. They then they then turned a blind eye, they turned a blind eye, honorable speaker, they members. Turned a blind eye to money laundering, honorable speaker, to do double bag speaker. stuff with money, honorable speaker, they turned a blind eye. While that took place, Honourable Speaker, we came into office, and all, uh, from day one, we started to address these problems, Honourable Speaker. <laughs> the Attorney General. The Attorney- They derived the Attorney-General commissioned a report into the state of money laundering in this province that was outrageous. Recommendations, Honourable Speaker, from once we received, we started to implement and clean up that that shameful episode from that side of the house. And now, Honourable Speaker, and now, Honourable Speaker, the challenges that communities are facing. The report that was commissioned by experts such as Lepard and Butler, which again the Leader of the Opposition wants to derive, contains recommendations. Recommendations we are implementing, Honourable Speaker, including...
1: Members, when the question is being asked, nobody should interrupt. When the answer is provided, nobody should interrupt. Wait for the answer is complete, then you can rebut or you can ask another question. So that's the only way to conduct question period. Member for Surrey South.
0: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. You know, there's a difference between what I say and mean and the NDP. The difference is is that I believe we need to prosecute the criminals that get arrested, unlike the NDP's catch-and-release justice system. But, Mr. Speaker, I'm really glad that they're listening to me, and I hope that the NDP hear me now because police are doing their jobs. And nobody is more frustrated than police in this province because they're catching criminals and the NDP are releasing them. Uh The basic responsibility of the Attorney General is to keep people safe, but he is failing just like the former Attorney General. And yesterday, he finally admitted that he has the power To issue directives that could end catch and release, but instead of acting, he wants to examine it further. He wants to launch another consultation, followed by no doubt an engagement, leading to the creation of a committee. Well, I can tell you, Mr. Speaker, that people are sick and tired of the NDP's excuses, studies, and committees. They want results. When will this Attorney General stop with the previous? Attorney Generals catch-and-release justice system and keep violent, prolific offenders off the streets.
1: He hasn't even started, Members. Wait, wait till he provides answer. Members, when the when member was asking a question, they did not interrupt. So let's show the same courtesy. Solicitor General. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker.
4: And I'm and, 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 and standing up because I just listened to the question from the member, and I appreciate the question, and I appreciate how she asked it. Uh, but the nice thing, uh, Honourable member, and you should remember this from your side, on this side of the house, is the government house leader can get up and ask, answer any question that they choose to. Um, so Honourable Speaker.
1: Honour- sh- 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 Members, members, that's enough.
4: Honourable Speaker, the member talked about committees and studies, and I just want to remind that member, as she said on August 31st, this is a very complex issue. You don't just arrest yourself out of it. You need to take a whole range of actions, and that's what the study into, uh, that we asked to be commissioned has done. And critical recommendations of that are being implemented right now. And one of those is the, uh, the, the, rep- the Prolific Offenders Management Program, which was cut by that government, honourable speaker. It was cut. It was cut. It Numbers.
1: was cut, honourable speaker. <laughs> speaker.
4: And honourable speaker, and honourable speaker, it's not just me saying that. The Chief of Police here in Victoria, is welcome the return of this program, because it was previously successful, Honourable Speaker. So the obvious question is if it was successful and dealing and reducing uh, 40% of people re-offending, why on earth would they not have funded it? Why on earth did they cut it, Honourable Speaker? Because their priorities weren't public safety back (laughs) then. Honourable Speaker, Honourable Speaker, we are ensuring whether it is police and getting the resources that they need doing what they're asking us to do, whether it is increasing the resources available in the Crown Prosecutorial Service, or whether it's increasing the mental health services that are required, the whole complex of of, of initiatives required to deal with the challenges, meaning one, those who suffer from mental health problems get the the help that they need, and those who commit violent crime go to jail where they belong. That's what we're trying to do, Honourable Speaker, and we'll continue to do that.
1: Okay, okay, let's hear the supplemental. Member for Surrey South.
0: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Yesterday, while busy defending his predecessor's catch-and-release justice system, the Attorney General asked for patience so that he could travel to Ottawa and talk to the feds. He's repeatedly used the federal bill C-75 as an excuse for inaction But the last time he was in Ottawa as an MP, he was praising the measures of Bill C-75, and I quote, requiring that the least onerous form of release be imposed is a good thing. The bail reform provisions in C-75 are exemplary, end quote. This Attorney General has no credibility when it comes to being tough on prolific offenders, just like the former Attorney General who wrote the handbook called How to Sue the Police. How can victims of these constant random attacks have any faith that this NDP government will keep them safe when they're consistently placing the interests of violent offenders over keeping people safe?
1: Attorney General. Mr.
3: Speaker, it's clear that the the member has changed the position that she understood and advocated on august 31st this is not mr speaker a simple question of arresting ourselves out of this problem the, the clear qu- requir- we, we accept that people must have must face the consequences for criminal activity and strong enforcement Members. is required mr speaker and we need to be, as my, my colleague Whoa. pointed out, tough on the causes of crime as well. Now, it's not just Bill C-75, which Whoa. is an issue. It is also, and, the, and of course, it's the implementation. Okay,
1: okay, members, calm it's, down. <laughs> members, take a deep breath. It's the implementation of Bill 75
3: over time by the courts which has also been a problem. (laughs) Mr. Speaker, in 2020, the Supreme Court of Canada uh, uh, made a judgment called Zora, which is a case that said the following. The default form of bail for most crimes is release on an undertaking to attend trial without any other conditions. Bail conditions can be imposed, but only if they are clearly articulated, minimal in number, necessary, reasonable, the least onerous in the circumstances, and sufficiently linked to the accused's risk. Mr. Speaker, that is what the Supreme Court of Canada did with the legislation to which the member refers. We need to understand how we can ensure that people face consequences in bail and be remanded where appropriate. Mr. Speaker, that is, I do not apologize for trying to understand with our federal colleagues how we can do better in that regard. Mr. Speaker, this started because the urban mayors came to this government and asked to collaborate. with with us to deal with real problems, problems that we are equally concerned about involving repeat offenders and random violent attacks in their their communities. We are working with them, and they've been supportive of our efforts in response to the Lepard-Butler report. I intend, and make no apologies for, to make sure that our federal colleague understands that as well.
1: Also, no third party.
5: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Last week, uh, Coastal GasLink uh, Pipeline Company began drilling uh, under the Woods also known as the Maurice River in the Wet'suwet'en territory. At the very same time as five species of the iconic uh, Pacific salmon uh, were spawning in that river, Mr. Speaker, Coastal GasLink cannot be trusted uh, to protect our environment. In fact. This company has already been issued 51 warnings, 16 orders, and two fines uh, by the BC Environmental Assessment Office. They've damaged wetlands, rivers, and lakes along the pipeline route. Now they're drilling just a stone's throw away from millions of salmon eggs, uh, imperiling an entire generation uh, of salmon. As I looked into this, there was a mess of compliance and regulatory issues with this project, and absolutely. No responsibility being taken by environment, by energy, or by the federal government. Everybody with any authority is just standing on the sidelines while this company, with a a terrible environmental record, drills, digs and blasts under the largest remaining uh, Chinook spawning grounds in the Skeena system. My question is to the Minister uh, of Environment and Climate Change Strategy. One thing is clear, if this company is not in compliance with their agreements, orders and environmental regulations, the minister has a responsibility to issue a stop-work order. Will he do that today until this this company gets into compliance?
6: Minister of Environment. Thank you very much, uh, Honourable Speaker. Thank you to the member for the question. I, however, uh, reject the premise of his statement that uh, we, that the Environmental Assessment Office and that responsible officials have stood by and done nothing. That is simply not true. Multiple inspections have taken place. Multiple investigations have taken place. Significant penalties have been issued. We recently added uh, to our uh, ability to uh, control what this company does and keep a watchful eye over them and uh, take appropriate action by entering into a compliance agreement which is in addition to the conditions that exist in the certificate the company must meet additional new uh, performance conditions under that agreement we are monitoring it on a regular basis uh, and we intend to ensure that the transgressions and uh, issues of non-compliance cease and i am seized of the issue member
5: well, I think the minister knows that uh, even uh, that there's a compliance agreement, that they're out of compliance from that compliance agreement according to uh, uh, reviews that were done in August. But yesterday, Mr. Speaker, just switching gears a little bit on this important issue, we recognized a day of action to stop violence against Indigenous women, specifically the shameful reality of missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, two-spirit and gender-diverse people in this province. Just a few months ago, a video circulated showing heavily armed RCMP using a chainsaw to cut down the door of a cabin to violently arrest Indigenous women in their own territory. This government has chosen the route of more violence against Indigenous people. They've chosen to hide behind an injunction instead of using diplomacy, which has always been a choice. But the choice that they've chosen has been the more expensive choice. It's been the choice to spend tens of millions of taxpayer dollars for paramilitary force attempting to arrest their way out of the problem that was created by this government. It's a choice to spend hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars continuing to lose the same legal battles repeatedly. In the years since this BCNDP government took office, continues at great taxpayer expense to invest, subsidize, defend and celebrate an industry knowing the unacceptable violence that shrouds it. Through you, Honourable Speaker, to the Minister of Indigenous Relations and Reconciliation. Yesterday, he asked the public to stop acting violently against Indigenous women and girls. So why does his BC NDP government continue to sanction and fund it through taxpayer dollars instead of using the power that they have for peaceful Diplomacy.
4: <clears throat> Solicitor General, Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable uh, Speaker, and I appreciate the, uh, the question from the, uh, the motion. As the member well knows, because we've addressed questions uh, similar to what he's just asked in the past, uh, the, there is an injunction in place uh, on the, uh, the, the, the pipeline. Um, there have been protesters up there. The police uh, have to enforce that injunction. Uh, They do it in a variety of of ways. Their first line is always to try and de-escalate and to use uh, diplomacy, as the member says, to to be able to resolve uh, disputes. But we also know that there have been situations where small bands, small groups outside the main protesters have themselves engaged in violent activity. And we saw that at a work camp. We saw that where workers were swamped, were sworn, equipment was damaged, buildings were damaged, and the police have to deal with those situations. They make operational decisions based on the situation, based on, the situation on the ground, honourable speaker. And there and, and there and there are there are processes and legislation and rules and protocols in place that if there are things that they will themselves be held accountable. And those actions are often taken, Honourable Speaker. So they have a very difficult job and they are doing it, but I can tell you, I can tell you, Honourable Speaker, that their first line of defense is, or first line of, of inter- intervention is to de-escalate and to resolve peacefully.
1: Member for our Colonna mission.
7: Thank you so much, Honourable Speaker. People don't feel safe. They don't feel safe under the former attorney's catch-and-release justice system. They don't feel safe under the praise of Bill C-75's soft-on-crime justice system. And this problem is getting worse, not better. In Kelowna, on Monday, a man well-known to police was arrested for break-and-enter. This suspect is listed on 220 police files, including shoplifting, theft of vehicle, causing a disturbance, and assault. He has been convicted 33 times since 2017. But shockingly, as of last night, this prolific offender is back out on the streets and in our community. When is this Attorney General going to prioritize keeping people safe and end the catch and release system of the soft on crime former Attorney General?
1: General. Well, well, thank
3: you to the Honourable Member for her question. I'm aware of the situation in Kelowna, of course, and it's one that I've spoken to the Mayor and others uh, at the UBCM and elsewhere. Mr. Speaker, I, I, I think the frustration the Member speaks of is something we all share. We need and people deserve to feel safe in Kelowna and everywhere in our community. That is why we need to have, in our judgment, both hard on crime and hard on the causes of crime approach. That's what I'm trying to suggest is our, is our position. Now, Mr. Speaker, our government has a talented uh, cadre of Crown Council, 500 in number, in Kelowna and elsewhere, led by an individual appointed under the uh, leadership of the former government, who every day is prosec- bringing cases, getting uh, reports from Crown Council to Crown Council from the police and advancing them through the criminal justice system. Mr. Speaker, we have increased the budget of that entity by almost a third since we took power. Mr. Speaker, that is the kind of thing we're doing to try to keep people safe in Kelowna. But in conversations with the mayor and his council, we understand there's a lot more that can be done, and that is why we welcome their strong support for the uh, Pard butler report and there, uh, the fact that we are implementing parts of it now and more to come later has been appreciated by them and other urban mayors. We've got a lot of work to do, Mr. Speaker, and we're going to do it.
1: Opposition House Leader.
8: Thank you uh, Mr Speaker well perhaps there's been no bigger broken promise from the NDP than making life more affordable uh, under the NDP BC has the highest gas prices and the highest gas taxes in all of North America when this government first promised gas price relief back in 2018 4 years ago prices were at a buck 50 a liter today heading into the long weekend where Families across British Columbia will gather for the uh, Thanksgiving. Drivers could be facing record-high gas prices of up to $2.50 a litre. The worst part of this, Mr. Speaker, is, the, is that the NDP have done absolutely nothing to solve the high cost of gas in this province, other than setting up a meaningless website that publishes information that's already publicly available. Other provinces, like Alberta and Ontario, have actually provided substantive, real relief for the drivers in their provinces. In fact, today, drivers in Toronto are paying $0.73 a litre less than drivers in Vancouver. Good job, team. Mr. Speaker, drivers know when they're being gouged. When will the NDP follow through on their promise to give British Columbians real relief from punishingly high gas prices at the They're pumps.
1: <laughs> Minister of Energy and Mines.
9: Uh, thanks very much, Mr. Speaker, and I want to thank the member for the question. Uh, it, it is a, an important question uh, in today's British Columbia economy. Uh, as inflation Affects every part of our economy. Uh, We understand, and I think every member of the chamber understands, the impact that higher gas prices have on family budgets. But the member opposite knows full well that global instability and Putin's war in the Ukraine have caused global pressure on oil prices. Members, members, members. Just today, just today in Vienna, OPEC decided to restrict production by 2 million barrels a day. That's fully 2% of global supply, and that will have an up- upward pressure on prices. But, but here in British Columbia, the, the member talks about uh, Ontario and Alberta, and I'll get to Alberta a little bit later, uh, but it, what, what happens here is there are regional uh, factors that play into increases in prices here. Um, most, Much of British Columbia's supply comes from south of the border. Experts like Werner Antweiler, professor at UBC, Paul Pascoe, a fuel uh, expert, have said that part of that is driven by uh, refinery closures, both scheduled and unscheduled, that have extended, in the case of one in uh, Ohio, extended, in, will extend into the new year. Uh, uh, ethanol prices, which is a component numbers. of gasoline, uh, Corn prices have gone up, and so that fact plays into prices as well. So those those factors are out of the control of the government. They are it's uh, part of the regional economy and the driving the prices. But let me conclude, Mr. Speaker, by mentioning Alberta.
1: Members, members, I mentioned Alberta. Members, Alberta, uh, members. Lowered
9: taxes on on gasoline, but they admitted defeat, and on October the first. They reinstated those very taxes on gasoline.
1: The bell and the question period.